This is The Mitch Gray Show, where we are bringing the art of humanity back to leadership. Subscribe to The Mitch Gray Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Mitch Gray Media, where you'll find each of our episodes and other resources that will equip, inspire, and empower you to lead well. And now, The Mitch Gray Show. What is up, brothers and sisters? Welcome to The Mitch Gray Show. Thank you again for joining us. Another great guest prepared for you today. I am Mitch Gray, your host, author of How to Hire and Keep Great People, and uh, inspirational speaker, and obviously podcaster. So thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our show anywhere you listen to podcasts and invite someone else to subscribe along with you. That would be amazing. And we also love it when you leave us um, reviews on the on whatever platform you listen on. That helps us build more guests and spread the message of positive leadership far and wide. So on today's show, we are going to talk about mindset. That is a recurring theme on the Mitch Gray Show. And I love having experts on and getting a variety of perspectives and experience and knowledge. So today's show, we have Dr. Deborah Dupree. Deborah, welcome to the Mitch Gray Show. Thank you so much, Mitch. I'm absolutely delighted and to share what we know about the mindset. Yes, we, as always, um, another great pre-show conversation. I love getting to know all of my guests and I I'm in the middle of the United States. I'm in New Mexico and almost every guest that's in the United States at some point has come to New Mexico and you were one of those as well. So we had some great stories to share. Yes. I love it. I love it. Um, Deborah, you are considered to be a top expert on the brain body connection, interesting and how to influence people successfully. You are a dynamic and engaging international speaker, a leadership and workforce development consultant and a renowned mediator and trainer. And uh, you're making a difference in the lives of people in conflict. We're going to dive into that a little bit. You leverage the mindset for new perspectives and insights when resolving conflict, improving livelihoods and strengthening communication. Deborah, you're known as the mindset doc, such a great nickname. I, I love that. So let's start there. I always love to begin with a big question that kind of launches our conversation. So let's start with mindset. And for those that are listening to the audio, I want to say when, when, uh, or if the video releases on our YouTube channel in the future, you'll have to look at Deborah's great, uh, zoom background. I love that. And there's something that there's a statement above your right shoulder that says to leverage your mindset. And that has me intrigued. It's had me intrigued since we began this conversation. So the big question for today, Deborah, is what in the world does it mean to actually leverage one's mindset? Well, that's a very great question. I get asked that a lot because how did you come up with that? And um, it really has its foundation in emotional intelligence. And so, you know, we, we often all thrive in our intellectual knowledge about what we do and the experts that we are and our subject matter expertise. And we oftentimes get hired and promoted um, for what we know. However, what we do know, you know, through the last 20 or 30 years of um, development in the field of psychology, largely through advances in the medical field with the MRI, we have you know, now had the opportunity to study the live brain in action. And what we have learned through the you know, early works of a lot of academicians, but primarily through the work of Daniel Goleman, 
that our emotional intelligence is far greater than our intellectual intelligence. And so I like to use the analogy, Mitch, of an iceberg. You know, the tip of the iceberg is, you know, only about a third, if even that, of what we can see above the waterline. Okay. But the bigger part of the, the iceberg below the waterline is what we can't see. And, and isn't that what sank the Titanic, right? Yes. They couldn't see what was below. Right. And so um, with that analogy of, a tip, uh, of the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg actually represents our intellectual um, ability or our IQ. But um, the, you know, the vast majority below the waterline is our emotional intelligence or what we call EQ. And so I like to use this analogy too, in that most people react to one another at the tip of the iceberg. What we see in terms of facial expressions and body language, what we hear in terms of tone, volume, and inflection, and then what we say. Seldom are people equipped or have the know-how or knowledge in how to dive below the waterline to get at underlying beliefs and expectations, attitudes, concerns, challenges, hopes, fears, values, and needs. We don't know how to have, have those conversations unless we develop our emotional intelligence. And so by doing so, that's where we can really leverage our mindset to be more effective, um, more influential, more persuasive in all that we do. I know that's a long answer, but that's what I mean by leverage your mindset. <laughs> I, I love that because, you know, we're many people often don't take the time to consider what they were gifted in life. And what I mean by that is we're gifted belief systems, we're gifted perceptions, perspectives, ideas, and we often don't realize how much those impact us until it's sometimes too late for some people. And I say too late, not meaning hopeless, but too late from the standpoint of you build this whole life based around what you were gifted. And the next thing you know, is you find out, I don't believe half the stuff, you know, it's, it doesn't align with who you are, who you've become. And really, you know, what, what I like to call your DNA, your spiritual, emotional, mental uh, aspects in life. And and really, that's what you're identifying is that we we often, even our everyday lives, we live at the top of the iceberg and not the tip at the bottom. And we don't dig into that. And so my question then for you would would be, you know, people go to work every day. They, they, they deal with other people. We can't avoid people. Even during a pandemic, when many people were still sitting home, you still had to deal with people. And so how does one really begin navigating digging deeper and, and kind of trying to chip away at that, that iceberg they can't see while still living this life of humanity and dealing with others who, by the way, are dealing with the same stuff. No one's different, right? Um, what does that really look like for someone and what challenges or barriers can that bring to the surface, especially when we're talking about in the workplace? You know, that's a really good question because, um, I mean, there, there are lots of programs and things like that, but sometimes people don't know what they don't know. Right. They don't know what they need. Um, but I would ask any individual who may be listening to this or viewing this at any point or to pass it on, but, you know, I like to say that, as you, I like the way you said that, gifted. And so we all have, you know, some predisposition genetically as we come into the world. That's hardwired. But there's so much that is nurtured throughout our life. And um, that just yesterday, I had someone say, well, this is just the way I am. And I just said, 
really? You know, and then that's, that's your mindset, you know, is that, you know, deal with me or get out of my way. And so we're, we're brought up with, you know, certain environments, certain attitudes from our own parents. And we oftentimes, these emotional experiences of our growing up years are embedded in our, in our brain, in our emotional matter. And so we show up as, as adults with behaviors that, you know, oh my God, I'm acting just like my father. Or I'm, oh, I'm just like my mom, you know? And we go, oh, that's exactly what I didn't want to be. And so as adults, fortunately, we no longer have to be trapped in how we were brought up, not to say it was bad or good, but we don't have to be trapped there. And a lot of people feel they're stuck. And so as adults, we get to make choices for ourselves. And so it's a, really a matter of stepping back and just saying, hmm, what works for me and what's not working for me? You know, am I showing up in the way that I want to? Am I actually achieving the kinds of things that are important to me? What is even important to me? You know, um, where do I see myself going? And so it's just some basic questions like that to say, hmm, maybe there's time to make some changes. So that's the first place, okay? And then I actually would recommend... Um, Sure, you know, self-help reading is always good, and I can certainly recommend books to read. Um, in fact, I have a book called Your Emotional Potential, How You Show Up Matters, uh, available on Kindle as an ebook. Um, but also maybe working one-on-one with a coach. I'm not talking about a therapist or a counselor, but as a coach for how we move forward. So that's what I talk about leveraging your mindset and then also getting started. Am I happy with where how my life is going right now? Uh, am I living the life I want to? Am I happy or pleased with the interactions I have with others? Am I happy or pleased with the interactions I have with myself? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and that's where it begins, right? Is that reflection in the mirror? Is mm-hmm. is where where are you in alignment with yourself? And the crazy thing is, that's really the scariest step. It's so much easier to deal with others than it is ourselves. And 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 in your experience. Why is that? I know you've worked with, you know, probably thousands of people at this point in, in your career and in your life. There has to be a common thread because there's a common humanity amongst all people. And so what 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 is your thought on why is it so difficult to really look in the mirror, to really, you know, dive into those deep waters and find the bottom of the iceberg? What what really about us makes that so challenging? You ask really powerful questions, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's my job, Deborah. That's my job. <laughs> well, you do it very well. So thank you very much. So, um, you know, I guess, you know, uh, in fact, I just had this conversation with a group of managers I was working with yesterday. And they have a lot of employees who are passionate about their work, but they are in frequent conflict with one another. And they show up poorly in front of the people they serve. And so the goal was originally to teach them how to mediate through their employee conflict. But um, after some things happened and further reflection, um, uh, I really felt it was more appropriate to coach them through it. And, um, and in that conversation, we had uh, discussions about is, you know, some of their own pain and their fear Uh. of why, you know, why it's so difficult to go there. And again, we can be really smart and really experienced and good at what we do. But then, you know, for a lot of us, we are driven by fear. We are driven by um, pain, pain of what we've experienced in the past. Uh, You know, I'm dealing with a a client right now, I believe he's in his 40s and highly successful in what he does, but he's realized that, um, 
you know, having difficulties in his marriage. But and so he's really been taking a look at this. But but I love her. I want I want to stay married. And um, but realized just how critical his stepfather was that he really shut down and um, didn't know how to read his emotions, didn't know how to express his emotions, didn't even know how to identify his emotions. And so while he's very smart intellectually, he's very trapped emotionally. And so um, I go back to, you know, the pain of what we experience. And so he's had a lot of painful, you know, growing out of that to recognize all of this stuff that he was exposed to. But then also the fear of what might I find, you know, here, this is how I've known myself all this time, but who am I really? And I, again, look at that as an opportunity to uh, we're the architects of our, our own lives and we get yeah. to chart a new course. We get to make a new design based on what the foundation we already have, but do it differently. Yeah. And the challenge is that always costs something, right? That never comes free of charge. And that's an interesting, mm-hmm. not only inner dialogue to have, but as the example you just mentioned, it's an interesting dialogue to have with others that because sometimes it does take changing a job. It does take changing a friend circle. Sometimes it means changing a family because that alignment is so critical that if it, if it's causing us damage or we're causing others damage, sometimes the best scenario is that we do make a change that's, that's needed and drastic and in a good way, but that's not easy. (laughs) You know, it's not easy. I read something in a book the other day that was one of the most simplest, simple statements I've read in a very long time, but one of the most difficult. And the statement was everything passes. everything. And it's like, that's such a simple statement, but that is not easy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I oftentimes will talk about, we'll be in the moment, you know, and, and then, so I actually have an exercise. I call the three B's be in the moment, breathe through the moment. You know, um, I do a lot around deep breathing, not even meditation, but just deep breathing uh, because we all breathe, but we oftentimes don't breathe in ways that actually serve us well. So it's 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 an exercise of taking two sets of four deep breaths each. And then in the second set, you want to break free from the moment by visualizing, okay, if this is where I've been, I don't want to be there. How do, how do you see yourself breaking out of this moment? And so the visualization takes you to a different part of the brain as well. And meanwhile, you've actually slowed down your heartbeat. You've slowed down the neuronal um, charging through your brain. And you can actually, because when you visualize, you take it to a different place than the pain moment. And so, um, uh, and so, uh, yeah, I'd like to share with people that, you know, when you be in the moment, recognize this too will pass, you know, we can move out of this moving forward. We don't have to stay stuck in this, but like, I like the saying you said, it's even, it's even simpler. (laughs) Everything passes. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost too simple, right? In the same book earlier on, they made a statement that was, uh, life really is simple. And it's like, wow, how how truthful that is. But, but to put that into application is just, you know, we get in our own way, don't we? It's it's incredible. Yeah, Yeah. It's incredible. I'm working with a, a medical doctor right now and, and um, uh, you know, again, very excellent what he does, a surgeon and all this, but, um, you know, approached me because he's, he's having challenges in his marriage and have had challenges in his marriage. And, and he was just looking at me the last couple of sessions as I was coaching him. It's like, this is too simple. And I said, well, the thing is, is that, you know, it, we say don't sweat the small stuff, but everything's in the small stuff, you know? And so it's these small changes in our behavior, how we speak, 
um, you know, our pacing, our timing and how we breathe um, powerfully impact yourself, but also the other person you're dealing with. And I said, just, you know, I might have to ask you to trust me, just like your patients trust you. You know, I know this works. And by practicing these small changes, we don't need some big, aha, my life has changed kind of moment. Um, that's almost, that's sometimes difficult to recover from. But if we start making these small changes, actually in two to four weeks, we'll, we'll see the effects of those changes and the impact we have on others. Again, which is why I talk about how you show up matters. And, um, but it starts with that, you know, pause and self-reflect and what's working for me, what's not working for me. You know, it's amazing those you, and you alluded to it beautifully, those big aha moments aren't sustainable, Mm -hmm. but we often depend so much on those big moments. Like we have to have, you know, the the old saying, you know, you have to knock me upside my head to get me to get, or, you know, there's lightning going to strike. I mean, we've developed all these sayings that represent these big aha moments, but they are not sustainable. It is those small incremental changes that lead to the habits, rhythms, rituals, moments that create the sustainable change in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I mean, we can have big moments that will impact us, Yes. Um, but then how we move forward from that is different. And, and I'll just share my own example. Um, you know, even though I've been in psychology for all of my career and all of my education, um, you know, and very successful and so forth. But then, you know, um, my marriage wasn't working out and uh, had two small children. But then a series of life events happened. It was like, you know, as I share the story, the divorce was even the worst thing, you know, and um, because then we had the recession, you know, of 2008, I had um, uh my, my middle brother, I come from a large family, was diagnosed with cancer. And, um, and then a year later, um, uh, my youngest brother was diagnosed with cancer. And shortly after that, one of my older brothers was diagnosed with cancer. And my, my first brother did pass away. And then my second brother went through 17 months of, excuse me, hell, as, as long as well as everybody else with him. And, um, my other brother then actually um, survived and uh, caught it early enough, but, um, and so had another 10 years of his life. But with all of that, oh, and then I lost a major six figure contract with two weeks notice and didn't get it back again for 10 months. And so it was just like one calamity after another. And uh, a friend of mine, you know, comments like, boy, are you a nervous person? And I'm just going, me? No way, you know? But I realized I had dealt with five years of unexpected happenings, you know, very significant, that my world was shaken up. I was fearful about what next is going to happen. And I was so focused in the moment, I couldn't see the bigger picture anymore. And after he said that to me, um, I happen to live in a very nice place. So I was walking along San Diego Bay right. and with my dogs every morning watching the sunrise. And it's like, oh my God, you know, I, I have to make some changes. You know, this is not working well for me. I'm very unhappy, um, not just because of all my losses, but I'm just not in a good, good personal state. And so then it's like, you know, I did my own pause and self-reflect and, um, Fast forward, you know, I made some changes. I went back to school and uh, I, I sold my house. I moved, you know, uh, it started, you know, created a new life for myself in a place where I really wanted to be. And um, now 
I oftentimes my clients will say, Deborah, can you just ride on my shoulder and right. just come with me everywhere? <laughs> yeah. And I and I and I say, well, I'm a good example of how I wasn't always this way. You know, I had a mindset of you know being interested in human dynamics and how people connect and click, and that came out of my upbringing. But um, you know, this is learnable, and I'm a good example of that. We can grow our emotional intelligence. We can shift the way we we talk and how we think and how we engage with people. And I can assure you, you'll lead a much healthier and happier life and be more alignment. Yeah. What What are what are some really applicable first steps someone can take to begin shifting that perception? Because it really, you know, someone, someone talks about, you know, there's a reality that exists. Well, really the truer statement is there are millions of realities that exist (laughs) because every person has forms, sees their own reality. And, and it really, I believe it really does begin with that self-perception, that reflection and that idealism within that says, just like the picture you painted, you're walking along the beach and it's like, hold on a second, something must change. But as you stated earlier, from that big aha moment, there has to be actionable steps that are taken. So let's say we have a listener that's really in that moment and they're kind of going, yeah, yeah, something's got to give here. What are some just simple, true, actionable steps they could begin taking uh, to shift that perception, to leverage their mindset and really begin giving themselves a chance at a fulfilled life? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, very, very good questions again. And because we all want to know, okay, I heard the story, you know, I hear what you're talking about now. What can I do about it? Yeah. Well, I, you know, didn't mean to plug myself here, but I'm going to just share that, you know, with the pandemic, you know, when things weren't so busy in the beginning, I said, well, okay, how can I take, I've been so busy in the past. So how can I take some of the things that my clients tell me are so helpful and make them more available to the masses. And so I invested time and energy and money um, into turning a lot of my little tips and techniques into short videos um, that I, that are available on my YouTube channel. So there's about uh, 10 or 12 up there. They're three to six minutes, but those are all things that are one way to listen. Okay, well, what are some things I can do and start practicing? The other thing that I did was, um, um, I like to say we're all part of the human race. Yes. And then yes. the first differentiator is, are we male or female? And even today, there's crossover. And then I feel from both a psychologist and mediator perspective that the next key difference that we can start to look at is our communication styles. You know, and, and with that, too, our, our level of emotional intelligence. And then also, how do we approach conflict? And so I, I ha- I've developed, you know, three short assessments available on my website called the Three Steps to Mindset Shift. And, um, and they're very short, quick. They get immediate results. Um, and uh, so it gives them sort of a, where am I, you know? And then, frankly, I encourage people to schedule a a coaching call with me so that I can walk them through their results and help them gauge where they are and how they can apply this information and what they can further grow and develop with. And I use that almost in every walk of my, my career. Um, I use it in my trainings. I use it in my pre-mediations. I use it in my one-on-one coaching work. Um, just to me, it's a real good foundation because we have these common things. There's four areas of emotional intelligence. There are four communication styles worldwide. There are five key conflict management styles. And this is all based on research done far before me. I just translated into something different. Yeah, I love that. 
I love that. And uh, listeners, you know, as always, we, um, you know, one of my goals on the show is to provide incredible resources and support. And so we've added another one to, to your roster of resources, and that's Dr. Deborah Dupree. Deborah, that, that is amazing information, and we'll have all of that information um, on your profile page for the show as well. I have another question that we'll, we'll use to kind of wrap things up a little bit, and that is, what is your favorite aspect of your work? You, you have been doing this for a, a, a long time in a variety of of platforms, walking a variety of paths, experiencing life. <laughs> so your perception naturally evolves over time. But what what would you identify as really your favorite aspect of the work that you do? That's a hard question for I know me. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just because my communication styles is one that I like variety. And so my That's life right. is sparked by variety. <laughs> uh, I've noticed I have a, a, a shift in direction, not not entirely, but a shift in hmm, about every seven years. So I just, yeah. oh, well, let's go out this way, you know. Uh, so um, because I love all aspects of my work equally. Um, and yet I, I, I think where I find the greatest joy today is in... Um, sort of two key areas. I do a lot of work with teams in the workplace that are having trouble getting along and interfering with business objectives and things like that. And so I just, you know, worked on one yesterday, we're coming back in 30 days. I'm just consulted with a director this morning and and we're getting ready to lay the foundation. And it's just really exciting about where we can take groups of people who have to come together to work together. So I get a lot of reward and enjoyment out of doing that and just seeing people strengthen and improve their communication and their relationships. Yeah. The other part about it is I I truly love the um, uh, field of mediation and uh, bringing people, um, particularly two people together who are in conflict and um, uh, it's a slightly different process and uh, but just helping them navigate through and again, helping them develop their awareness, their insight, um, again, I use my three steps of mindset shift with my pre-mediation too. Um, just finished up one with um, two high-level directors for a, a major nonprofit just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it's just so pleasing to do. I follow up and see the smiles on their face. You know, it just warms my heart. As Dalai yes. Lama would say, compassion. <laughs> I'm right there with you. There, there's nothing better than that spark when you see either you know one person or a group of people uh, the light bulb comes on and their eyes are open and really what I call they're, they're awakened yeah. into a different place than, than they were previously. And it can happen within moments. I mean, it's, it's really miraculous to be honest. And, um, I know you've witnessed it. I I've witnessed it thousands of times and it's like, yeah. how do you, every time you're short of words to explain it, it's just like, it, it's just such a miraculous, powerful thing. And so I, I love that. That's such a beautiful way to explain it. Yeah. Um, Deborah, you have a few products out. You alluded to one earlier, but I want you to mention that again. And if you have anything upcoming, uh, please tell the listeners about what you have coming uh, soon for us. Great. Thank you for the opportunity. And, yes. and uh, um, I just want to add something to what you said, Mitch, is that you know, you can see you've had an impact when you see the glisten in the eye, you know, the eyes change dramatically from someone who's in stress to somebody who's like, oh, I feel so much better. But then also the facial muscles, you don't see that tight drawn, you know, kind of look and the furrowed brow. And uh, so with my doctor, I said, you know, I can't tell you how much I love seeing you smile. Because usually he's walking around like this. (laughs) (laughs) You're exactly right. Yeah, you're exactly right. And then people don't, you know, we'll riff on that for a second, because it is amazing that the, the, the body 
in its physical appearance manifest what's happening internally. And yes, you know, medical science and everything has proven that when it comes to even affecting your health, but people forget that your presence physically is a manifestation of what's happening internally, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. And when people, you know, especially people that are in influential leadership positions, when they catch on to that and they can walk through the process of, the result of positive growth, of positive impact, and then understanding how to bring that to their team, it really does change everything. I mean, we make that statement often. I'm sure you know you make it in your words, but you know, some people kind of look at you and go, "Is that really true? Does it really happen that way?" And it's like, yeah, it really does change everything. Hey, Deborah, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and expertise. Tell everyone how they can stay in contact with you and uh, and connect with you moving forward. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Um, yeah, first of all, you know, visit my website. Uh, it's called relationships-at-work.com. And that's where uh, they can gain access to the three steps to mindset shift uh, in the resources section. Uh, I also have a, a podcast called Decoding the Conflict Mindset. So we have a lot of thought leaders show up there and uh, and then also access to the YouTube channel. So that would be a great starting point. Um, one of the things I, I would like to just share, I'm just really excited. Um, I'm going to be in Paris next week, speaking at the Global Summit on Positive Psychology. And uh, this was actually started two years ago, but we know what happened two years ago. And so it's actually coming off. And so I'm just thrilled about that. And I hope to finally get my book uh, published on, um, uh, you know, both the Agile Lawyer interview series, which is a compilation of, um, you know, experienced uh, thought leaders in the legal and mediation field about leveraging the mindset. Uh, But then also my book on the psychology of good bosses versus bad bosses. Ah. Love that. Well, congratulations. That'll be so much fun. Safe travels. Yes. Love that. Love it. Deborah, thank you so much again for coming on the Mitch Gray show and for sharing all of your knowledge. It's great to have you and you're doing such great work in the world. So uh, the best to you and, and enjoy your travels again. That's going to be, I know a lot of people are really excited to travel because the last couple of years have been so tough. So, so good on you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, well, so we're going, but we're going safely. So going uh, safely. Good. Yeah. Good, yeah. Good, good. Yeah. Well, Mitch, it's absolutely been delightful to be on your show. I, I love, you know, working in, in um, speaking with like-minded people around the mindset and, and I love how you take it to the, um, the spiritual and daily living yes. and all those kinds of things. So thank you for inviting me on. You're welcome. Thank you. Brothers and sisters, thank you again for listening to The Mitch Gray Show. Please subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts and uh, make sure you leave us a review as well. That helps. Make sure you go subscribe to Deborah's podcast and check out her website and YouTube channel as well. And subscribe to her YouTube channel. That way, when she puts incredible content up, you are able to be notified. Thank you again for listening and we will talk to you soon.